0: Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you The Seminarians, a dialogue with students from the Pontifical College Josephinum, produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire vocations to the religious life. And now, The Seminarians.
1: Hello and welcome to The Seminarian Show. My name is Jacob Stanett and I'm a seminarian for the Diocese of Columbus. Joining me in the studio is Brian Smith, who's a seminarian for the Diocese of Youngstown. Let's begin with a prayer in the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit. Amen. Amen. Father in heaven, each day you call us into relationship with you to know you better, to love you more deeply and to serve you more and more in the world. Help us today and every day of our lives to know you, to love you, to serve you better that we may Bring glory to you and bring more people into the flock of your family, the church. So we pray in the words that Jesus taught us, our Father, who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed hallowed be thy thy name, name. thy Thy kingdom kingdom come, come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. us. And, and lead, us lead us not into, into temptation, temptation but, but deliver us from evil. evil. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Brian, I think if you were to take a poll amongst all of our brother seminarians and ask them just a simple yes or no question, um, all of them would answer yes to this question. And the question is Do you do a lot of reading?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, sem- seminarians do quite a bit of reading, um, first and foremost. Um, well, maybe not foremost, but the one that takes up the most of our time, it would seem, um, are readings for classes. Um, all of our academics, because studying philosophy and theology, there's not a lot of drill assignments or math problems or experiments you have to work through.
0: Nope. it's Once you get past logic class, right? where
1: you're just trying to figure yeah. out,
0: does this sequence of ideas really make sense together? You're yeah. mostly reading
1: things. After that, it's reading the ideas of other people, integrating them, reading them critically. Maybe they're wrong. Um and then kind of building up our worldview from there. So we have a lot of academic reading. Um, we also do a lot of reading of scripture, um, the For Bible, sure. encountering yeah. the word of God, which as we said, in one of our previous shows is one of those legs on the three legged stool of a healthy spiritual life. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of those other legs that we talked about, in addition to an encounter with the Eucharist is private prayer, um, which can also involve reading spiritual reading um reading um the writings of saints of various on various theological topics on just living a holy life being a witness of a holy life mm-hmm. that sort of thing
0: the um, in the letter to the hebrews st paul you know is really trying to make a case to the hebrew people for belief in jesus christ mm-hmm. and after he does that towards the end of the letter chapter 12 he says therefore since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings to us so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus. And by becoming not only more familiar with the saints and their lives, but also more familiar with the writings of saints Mm -hmm. and the writings of other holy people throughout history, um, that cloud of witnesses, which for us is more than just the witnesses of the Old Testament, but the witnesses from the 2,000 year history of the church, um, we can really build up our, our spiritual life and get not only knowledge, but inspiration and encouragement that we need through those lessons and examples.
1: Right. So, in, in our spiritual lives, um, I think sometimes we can run into the, the temptation that it's just a relationship between me and God. Um, It's just two people um, trying to get to know each other. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's not exactly how it works, right? Um, Like you said, we have this cloud of witnesses. There are others involved in this relationship, right? So we read the writings either about the lives of the saints or the writings of the saints themselves or as you said, other holy people throughout the church.
0: And if we're honest with ourselves, the way we come into the church is in large part thanks to what other people have done for us. Mm-hmm. For many of us, our parents who may have brought us up in the church. For those of us who have, you know, come as adults or young adults into the church, there are people who gave us some sort of example, or mm-hmm. through whom we thought, "Oh, well, the church, you know, there's something there." that I'd like to be a part of.
1: Right. I remember um, being at the rite of election for um, all those people who are in RCIA. Mm-hmm. Um, when Bishop Campbell would do those, when he was um, the Bishop of Columbus, he would all, at the end, he would always ask two questions. Um, he'd stand up and address everyone in this absolutely packed church. Mm-hmm. You have all of the people who are going to come into the church, their sponsors, um, the people who are in charge of the programs. Um, and he would ask, the first question would be, um, you know, raise your hand, if you came into the church because of something you read, some sort of intellectual conversion, mm-hmm. there'd always be a few hands, right. you know, maybe 10 or something <laughs> like that. So that happens. That's certainly a way that some people can come into the church. But then he'd ask the second question, and how many people came into the church or, you know, discovered the church mm-hmm. because of the witness of someone else? And right. that's when nearly everyone's hand in the room um, goes up because, like you said, it's it's through this witness And the love that other people have.
0: And once we're in the church, we shouldn't forget how crucial the influence of other people was in just the joining or, you know, becoming a member. Mm -hmm. Because there's always growth in this life, especially in the life of a Christian who realizes, you know, the higher calling that we have. As we become more and more aware of our weaknesses, our shortcomings, and even our sins— the influence and example of other people can be really crucial, once Mm -hmm. again, in making more steps forward. Necessary, right?
1: Yeah, I go so far as to say it's necessary.
0: (laughs) And spiritual reading is one of the ways that we can connect with reliable sources Mm -hmm. in this regard.
1: Right. So um, this is obviously an important part of reading in the life of a seminarian. Does the church have anything to say in particular about um, spiritual reading for seminarians and then spiritual reading for all members of the church. It's not just something that seminarians do, right?
0: Yeah. So in the catechism, the fourth section, so in the catechism, there are four sections total mm-hmm. and the fourth one is about prayer. The
1: most important part of the catechism.
0: In it's a beautiful section too. In the beginning of that section, they're just trying to lay out what is prayer, mm-hmm. okay? So you got to start by d- defining it. And part of that explanation of prayer identifies three different expressions, you know, how is prayer lived out in our lives. And they call those three expressions vocal prayer, so mm-hmm. prayer out loud with words, meditation, which usually involves words as well, but it's just our receiving words, mm-hmm. you know, often by reading. And then the third one is contemplative prayer, which is um, just really trying to strengthen the relationship that we have with God by dedicating time to that. So we're talking about the middle, the middle one here, the second one, mm-hmm. meditation, and the Catechism um, says that you know these books through which you know we can engage in meditation include, of course, Sacred Scripture, but aren't limited to them were helped by books, and it says Christians do not want for them, meaning (laughs) there are a lot of them for us to have access to. Absolutely. Um, In addition to sacred scriptures, some of the things the catechism lists include, curiously, the second one, icons. Hmm. Interesting fact. I don't know if we mentioned this some other time, but those who make icons talk about writing an icon.
1: Right. You don't call it, the process isn't painting one, it's writing one. Right.
0: So, icons are mentioned. Liturgical texts of the day or season, so hmm. that includes the readings from the Bible, but also the other prayers right. you know, at Mass and the Liturgy of the Hours. Writings of the spiritual fathers, works of spirituality, and then the great book of creation and that of history. So hmm. in all these things, we see some expression of the word, God's revelation to us. Um, and we're especially talking today about perhaps those things in the middle, the writings of spiritual fathers and works of spirituality. Mm -hmm. And then the catechism goes on to say that meditation on what we read helps us to make it our own by confronting it with ourselves. So in meditation, the prayerful element of it is not just reading it and not just stopping in our heads, but really trying to incorporate it into our whole life, our
1: heart our right. mind and our spirit. Right. It goes, needs to go from the head to the heart.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the the catechism also specifies that, you know, that method of meditating is not just one prescribed method. Mm-hmm. It says there are as many and as varied methods of meditation as there are spiritual masters. There you go. So meaning we have to find for ourselves the way that we're going to incorporate these things into our, our life of prayer um, The the catechism says this is our job so that we don't become like the first three types of soil that our lord mentions in his parable of the seed mm-hmm. we're not like rocky ground we're not like dry ground or the road we're called to be fertile soil and that's something that we're going to have to put some of our own effort in and there's going to be a certain element of trial and error sure
1: yeah it may take some time to figure out oh this method finally this method works for me um or or sometimes just going back and forth between several because um, mm-hmm. not like it says um there are as many methods as there are spiritual masters which means maybe not one of them is sufficient for you um, and that's fine that's maybe the way it's supposed to be
0: mm-hmm We don't have to limit ourselves to what the other people who we even trust in our lives might recommend to us Mm -hmm. because, you know, we have different personalities. We have different ways of learning. It's common to talk about, you know, we have different styles of learning. So similarly, we have different styles of meditating and really taking in the insights that people throughout the history of the church can offer us. Um, One last thing I'll mention from the catechism is that I mentioned heart, mind, and soul or spirit, And the Catechism says meditation engages thought, imagination, emotion, and desire. So we're trying to incorporate all these elements, not just looking at content, but how that affects us, trying to project into the future. You know, wh- how might this affect my life? That's how imagination could play mm-hmm. into spiritual meditation. Um, emotion would be how it affects me, you know, how it makes me feel. And then desire is, you know okay, so how do I really implant this in me as something that I'm going to pursue? Imagination will help me to see like, okay, what are some things that this could contribute to my life? So now how do I really kind of anchor that in my life as a desire, something I'm going to pursue? So these are all really good introductions.
1: Yeah, thank you, Brian. You've been listening to The Seminarian Show on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. My name is Jacob Stinnett. I'm a seminarian for the Diocese of Columbus. And joining me in the studio is Brian Smith, a seminarian for the Diocese of Youngstown. And so far we've been talking about um, spiritual reading, the value of spiritual reading, um, in addition as one of those um, ways in which we build up our relationship with God, um, have a good prayer life. Um, so now we're going to turn a little bit to maybe some recommendations, um, from other seminarians, books that they've, that have contributed to their spiritual lives, um, and ones that they go back to over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, You can read a book once and you get one level, you read it a second time and new things start to pop out at you, new, um, aspects of loving God or of recognizing the way God loves us.
0: I talked to a few of the seminarians about this. And I tried to focus on those books that they return to, not just because they're preparing to be priests, mm-hmm. but that they return to in their spiritual life in general. So in that way, I think a lot of these examples are applicable to the life of you know any member of the church. The book that I got the most in the people that I talked to was The Story of the Soul by St. Therese of the Child Jesus, mm-hmm. the little flower um, and it didn't surprise me really because that was to begin with. You know, one of the books that I'm most often returning to, um, and some of the the things that people said about the book really helps to confirm just its universal appeal. Um, it's a simple and relatable book. Was something that one of the guys told me, mm. and it. It's her journal, basically, and she's talking about really basic human experiences, but seen with the eyes of faith that she had developed and really even had from a young age. Um, So it's simple and relatable in that way. Even though she was a cloistered nun by the time she was writing it, she takes the spiritual insights she had achieved through her religious life and just applies them to The normal things she lived as a young woman Mm -hmm. and her whole process of entering the monastery, which was a really tumultuous experience for her. It just took a long time. And um, she talks about family life, she talks about travel, seeing parts of God's creation, um, pilgrimage. And, you know, she very frequently talks about. You know joys and difficulties of just relating to other people one on one which are things that we can easily connect with in our daily life,
1: yeah, I think that's a good reminder that in our prayer we're often tempted just to um bring those good things to God um we can also bring him our frustrations mm-hmm. um that's part of any human relationship is you have the you share joys together, we also share struggles together, so that's um part of our prayer life also is bringing our struggles to God, um, we can complain. We can ask him to fix Mm -hmm. our problems. It may happen. Mm -hmm. It may not. Um, But he knows what the purpose of them is. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we we trust that everything will work out for the good.
0: And he'll help us to see them in the right light. Mm You know, we would expect from someone like St. Therese being a saint, she's not just presenting these difficult things from her life. To complain she's not just airing her grievances mm-hmm. but she is um, trying to express sometimes the sorrow or the pity that she feels for people who are you know um, not close to God or for some reason because of you know something out of their control or within their control um, they suffering and she's trying to present these details for the benefit of other people or just so that people can see the way God is working in her life, even through these difficult scenarios.
1: Right, right. Prayer Um, as transforming our view on the world to see it more and more like God does. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's awesome. Someone else said about this book that
0: you can't just sit down and read through it because it's full of so much deep insight that it's necessary to just stop Mm -hmm. every, every page or every few pages. And I think that's... Um, a good thing to keep in mind for a good spiritual reading you know, we, we're not talking about things we just have to sit down and read through. Much like with scripture, they're things that we can really process and just return to from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, put them aside, chew on them and then bring them back out at some point when we need more nourishment.
1: <laughs> right. Spiritual reading isn't a race to the end. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, a march through that, that you stop, rest, and then go a little bit further, stop rest, yeah,
0: and there's two more awesome. things I wanted to say about Saint. Therese before we look at some of the other answers we got um, since it's an autobiography, you know the there's a sense of journey throughout it, mm-hmm. so that's really helpful for the spiritual life, you know to be looking at the way that she identifies her growth throughout her life and trying to put ourselves into that journey of growth and then. Um Saint Thérèse was herself reading some other masters of spirituality, okay, who can sometimes be really daunting. Sure. Uh, specifically she was reading Saint John of the Cross and Saint Teresa of Avila, mm-hmm. two Carmelite saints who have some you know very inspired writings but can be difficult for people to read. Sure. And she's presenting some of their most important insights in very accessible language. So that's something that another one of the guys appreciated from nice. from reading the Story of a Soul.
1: That's wonderful. So if you're making a list of books to read, um, certainly put St. Therese, A Story of a Soul, at the top of that list. Mm-hmm. Um, what other books can we put on that list, Brian? Well, one of the other guys
0: mentioned something that perhaps is more applicable to seminarians, but it's it's called To My Sons the Priests, and it's a series of Letters or revelations Hmm. that um, our Blessed Mother had made, focusing on the challenges that, you know, within the past few decades, priests have faced in the world, and just kind of really earnestly calling them to be faithful to their promises and to um, be holy priests. In the midst of a difficult time, um, one of the things about this book was that it it goes through the liturgical year and hmm. it goes through the different experiences of our Blessed Mother's life, and she is sharing her experiences of these different moments of her life in greater detail than what we find in sacred scripture. So, sure. um, the guy who was sharing this with me, you know, just appreciated he appreciated. It dwelling with the Blessed Mother you know in these different moments of her life right And when so he shared that book with me and there were a lot of similarities to another book that I often return to in my prayer and that's Insinu Yesu mm-hmm. which is a similar series of you know revelations to a monk um, about the priesthood and this book is focused more on the relationship between a priest and Jesus Christ himself. Um, But since those books are, you know, series of revelations and they focus on different events throughout the liturgical year and throughout the life of our Lord or our Lady, both of them are easy to return to just and pick up and, you know, sometimes even open up to a random page. Right. (laughs) And not just read straight through.
1: Nice. And it sounds like these books, even though they're geared towards priests, could still be helpful for... Uh, the laity, also in appreciating Mary throughout the year. Absolutely. um, But also appreciating more and more the role of the priesthood in the life of the church. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe it will um, help you pray for your priests better or give you new insights to encourage others in their pursuit of the priesthood or in their priesthood.
0: That's a focus of Insinu Yesu. This monk is called to offer his life and his prayers for priests. So that's another way that we can enter into That, you know, reflection, whatever our state in life is.
1: Mm -hmm. Awesome.
0: Did you want to share perhaps your go-to book for spiritual reading? Sure.
1: Um, I have lots of books that I like to read, but one that I go back to um, is called The Practice of the Presence of God. Um, It was written, I think, in the 1700s maybe by Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection, who was a Cistercian monk. It's a really short book. Um, I have my copy in front of me now, and um, it ends on page 38. Wow. <laughs> so um, it's a short read, but it's a powerful read, okay. too. Um, it's packed full. It is. Um, it's It's not super theological or anything like that. Um, it's It's simple. Um, Brother Lawrence says the, the way to having a healthy prayer life, um, and also one that um, fulfills that Call of St. Paul and First Thessalonians to pray always mm-hmm. um, is he says is this practice of the presence of God. It's the turning of the eyes of the soul always on God, mm-hmm. um, always being in conversation with him, um, either adoring him, praising him, thanking him, um, asking him for whatever we might need in the moment. Um, so it's all about this faithfulness to God. Um, the practice of the presence of God, because we do live in God's presence all the time,
0: but the um, importance is you know being consciously aware of that right and responding to it
1: right so it's it's a series of uh conversations and then letters um between Lawrence and a friend of his um, and it's it's all very simple things um, it says here in in the second conversation um one thing that was learned that Lawrence was pleased when he could take up a straw from the ground for nothing than the love of God seeking only God and nothing else hmm. so it's it informs all of the actions of our lives doing things with God in mind um, it it changes the character of them when we start doing things for the love of God
0: and we when we come to realize that there's nothing too small to be important mm-hmm. to God mm-hmm. if yeah. we if we offer it to him then it has an infinite meaning in a way because it's related to him. Exactly.
1: Who's without it. Yeah. So bringing God into all of those aspects hmm. of your life. Um, there are certain little biographical pieces about brother Lawrence that show up in the book. And at one point huh. we learned that his job in the monastery that he lived at was to be the cook, huh. um, rather mundane task. Mm-hmm. But he said, when he got into the kitchen, he always thanked God for, um, what mm-hmm. was in front of him and then went about his work with God. Hmm. Um, So just doing things very intentionally for God and with God. And as he says, always keeping the eyes of the soul fixed on God, Mm -hmm. not forgetting him or overlooking him in anything that we do because he's present to us in all of them.
0: Very nice. Mm -hmm. One last book that I heard about from the seminarians was from a seminarian who's actually studying English as a second language right now. Mm-hmm. So his go-to book for spiritual life is The Picture Book of Saints. <laughs> um, not only is it helping him learn English, but he's, you know, coming to get to know some of those witnesses even better. <laughs> right.
1: Through, right. The lives through of accessing it. The saints building up that cloud of witnesses mm-hmm. around him that we started the show with.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, Brian, um, thank you for doing the research for this show and looking, sure. um, asking our brother seminarians how best they pray, What's what spiritual reading do they continue to go back to, mm-hmm. and that we could recommend for everyone to read um, to deepen their relationships with God. So let's close the show in prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Lord, we thank you for being present to us. In all the moments of our life, we ask that you give us the grace to constantly turn to you, to seek your face, for the eyes of our soul to be fixed on you, hmm. to know you, to love you, and to serve you in all that we do, to make everything for your glory. We ask the Blessed Mother to assist us as we pray, Hail Mary, full, full of, grace, of grace, the, the Lord, Lord is with, with thee. thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the, the fruit of thy womb, womb Jesus, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother Mother of God, God, pray pray for for us sinners, sinners, now now and at the hour hour of our death. death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: The Seminarians is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio
1: AM820. Archives of The Seminarians and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com.